Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. And thank you, Picker. I like hearing that song first thing here on Sunday morning. And good morning to all you listeners out there. My name is R.T. Lowe, and you're listening to For Your Information here on KTHT Cox Radio. And today we're going to talk about the the thing that's still on everybody's mind, Hurricane Harvey and the flooding that uh, resulted. And we've got the Office of Emergency Management and Liberty County Homeland Security Coordinator Tom Branch on the line. Uh, Tom, you still there? I am. Good morning, sir. You didn't float away in the meantime. I had the opportunity, I assure you, but we're good. Yeah, you got to make light a little bit because this is something that uh, if you just uh, sit and, and dwell on it, it, it'll just get you real depressed. You bet, you bet. A lot of people out there went through a whole lot. The best way to start out, how much rain and water do you think the county got in just different areas? Do you have any ideas? I do have an idea. We were able to visit with, and we've got websites where we can kind of keep up. We're able to visit with the, the uh, Harris County folks uh, that have gauges throughout the region, and we can we can uh, substantiate almost 50 inches of rain at the gauge in Liberty. That's right there at the River Bridge. Uh, a little over 49 inches was in, was listed in that gauge. There was anywhere from 40 to 50 inches uh, estimated across the county. We had severe flooding up in the north part, as, as the folks in Cleveland and Plum Grove know. The city of Plum Grove, pretty much, uh, that east fork of the San Jacinto River, with all that rain coming through, just literally washed a good portion of that community away. A lot of people have been there a long time, lost homes and businesses in that area. So we had substantial amounts of rain. It was countywide, and it lasted for several days, and that's what led us to the issues we're involved in now. Basically, the the whole county got rain in the cleveland area i know well we've just got so many bios and creeks and 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 rivers of course you know down uh, south county we have much same thing except you got a really big river so i guess the rain was a a problem everywhere and and then of course uh the release from the lake livingston dam was large we had a we had a, a huge release there. We tied the '94 record, uh, 110,600 cubic feet a second of water. That's the that was the same amount of water was released in the '94 flood. So I, uh, we were and we were actually to be quite honest, we were actually lucky that we didn't see more release from that dam. They they managed that very very well. I was anticipating we may see a little bit more, but we we got fortunate. If you look at if you look at various websites and various gauges you can see that like upper up around huntsville and those areas some of those areas got 20 25 inches of rain 22 inches 16 inches but further north of there you didn't see a lot so once we were able to get that water into the trinity into the lake uh, livingston watershed 
and get it downstream, they were able to cut back on those releases. I, I'm not sure what it is right now this morning, but it's way low. It's about normal probably, or a little, little bit more than what we would normally see, but way, be, way less than what we had. So this 50 inches of rainfall on estimates across the county uh, certainly affected not only us uh, here in Liberty County, but the entire region, uh, north and, and south of, especially around the Houston area, as everybody knows. And it's just uh, mind-boggling how much water came down, and it's it's also kind of amazing how fast it was able to move. Uh, I have some friends that live off uh, not very far off of the Loose and Tarkington bios. And I don't know, have there been some cleaning out of those bios downstream? Because uh, some area, I mean, it's still flooded, but it moved out a lot faster than people thought. Right. I, you know, and I don't know if they were doing any cleaning or if there was just so much rain it pushed everything that was in there out of the way. That's a good question. I don't know the answer, but it was some fast-moving water. I mean, I saw we saw water across 105 between Moss Hill and Tarkington. Uh, shut that road down. I mean, I've never seen, I've seen a little bit of water there, but I've never seen that much water there that quickly and stay that long. It was, I mean, it, there, that one, and I don't even remember what night it was, the one night we had such heavy rain overnight. That was incredible amount of water that had to flow down across those roads and into the, into the, to the creeks and into the river. So we were, we ended up, when it all was said and done, we ended up like an island. We were just yeah. stranded. We were cut off from the rest of the world, basically as a result, and it was countywide. And we're speaking with Tom Branch. He is the coordinator for the Liberty County Emergency Management and Homeland Security. Yeah, that that was a strange thing for everybody. It, the water came up so fast in so many places. Obviously, Cleveland's on a hill, so it was an island. Uh, right. And there, Targington, the same thing, up around Moss Hill. It just, you know, luckily, our forefathers... Often they they homesteaded areas that were higher, yeah. so parts of the area was uh, Cleveland. You know had, you know we've got a couple of hills that they were high and dry, but you go, you know two miles away and it was just like a river or a uh, lake. It was it was it was amazing actually. Like I said, there in Plum Grove, that place south of Cleveland, there off of ten ten, uh, headed down towards New Caney, just for folks that don't know where it's at or may not know exactly where it's at, those folks got hammered, for lack of a better term. They were just, that water came up so fast, and that's one we talk about. We don't see flash flooding along the Trinity River, usually, because it's controlled and uh, it takes a while to fill that, that river. But that San Jacinto River flash floods, and that's exactly what it did. It set a new, I don't have the records in front of me right now, but these are new records. We, we, I know in Cleveland, the water, I'm sorry, in uh, Liberty, the Trinity crest of one point, I believe, one point seven feet higher than the record '94 flood. So this is the all-time new record. And I know that San Jacinto River in Cleveland, probably at least a foot, probably much more than that. I haven't had a chance to write that number down, but unbelievable amounts of water. When I got a call, of course, we're running from phone to phone to phone during these things. And when I got a call from the Cleveland Fire Department that they were evacuating people at the Best Western Hotel. They were evacuating them from the third floor yes. of that hotel. I, you know, you knew right then that's just more than we've ever seen up there. So that was uh, kind of a, a one of those moments I recall that just kind of struck me. I'm like, well, that's a lot of water. For those that aren't familiar with the uh, layout of the land there, if you uh, take Highway 
I-69 or Highway 59, whichever you want to call it. And on the west side of that, uh, if you would take 105 towards Conroe, that's where uh, the San, the that's the west fork of the San Jacinto River there. No, that's the east fork, right? Yeah, east fork, correct. That's uh-huh. the east fork of the San Jacinto River. Sorry about that, folks. It goes, uh, I guess, about a quarter mile or right on the city limits now, and it was backed up over and under Highway 59 and 69, and then it was backed up into the the housing addition on the other side of the freeway. It actually got within 50 feet of the radio station. That's, that's amazing. And, I mean, it, it was unbelievable. Yeah, and we're on the side of the hill, and it was it was uh, it was pretty amazing. Uh, like you said, uh, those hotels, people had moved into those that had evacuated other low lying areas. Right. We had a lot of folks. You know, one of the things we had first. Let me say that once we became stranded, for lack of a better term, the entire county was like an island, and yeah. we weren't alone. There were a lot of places like that. Uh, the people in the community stepped up. Those places that were high and dry, even one church that was not high and dry, just had a second floor, they started taking people in to get them out of the, out of the harm's way. We had over 1,000 people in shelters at various uh, points early on. Mm. We still have probably a couple of hundred, I, I don't have an exact number, but we have a couple of hundred to 300 that are still displaced. Of course, we're working with FEMA and the Red Cross to try to get those folks some, more, some uh, uh, temporary housing. But, yeah, the, the, the community stepped up in that first day or two. It was incredible. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. It was, we were self-sufficient only because the people in the community were self-sufficient and took care of each other. It was one of the most amazing outreach, outreach efforts I've ever seen in a community. Yeah, you know, Houston got all the publicity and a little bit towards Beaumont because, obviously, when you have 4 million people stacked up, you know, you're going to get attention. But Liberty County and the people of uh, Cleveland, Liberty County, Targington, uh, Dayton, all of them uh, worked together and uh, helped their neighbors. And, and a lot of folks that aren't necessarily right next door neighbors, people from, from one area that could get to another with boats, help people. It was just amazing. It was. You know, one of the issues, when, once we started seeing people that had high-water vehicles that could get in here, and, of course, we had a lot of airlift uh, supplies in here. We had a lot of help from the National Guard and other folks, and a lot of high-profile high vehicles show up. Once those started coming and we were able to get in and, and start determining where we needed to be to rescue folks, uh, as far as rescues, the Sheriff's Office, they're tallying numbers. I'm not sure how many they, they did. I know one fire department up there is, indicates they probably pulled 750 people or so uh, out of the water. Now, you know, these are people that were, a lot of people trapped in their homes with water around their homes, and a lot of people up on the rooftops uh, of their homes because water had risen so fast had gone in the homes. Yes. So there were thousands, literally thousands, I, I just don't have an actual number, but thousands of rescues, and those all were done by local volunteer fire departments and other volunteers in the community. So it was a, a great effort. And we're speaking with Tom Branch. He is the uh, coordinator for the Liberty County Emergency Management and Homeland Security. Uh, talking about the the uh, devastation of Harvey and the 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 heroes that uh, help get people out of harm's way. And like you said, it happened all over the county, and it was really an amazing thing to see. Of course, 
the the other end of it it's just i don't know mind-boggling how much water it took to put people in this kind of position you were talking about people on rooftops we were getting calls from people down in the splendora i mean in the uh plum grove area which uh as you've already said got a lot of uh rain and and had to have rescues but people on top of a restaurant there they the restaurant was a little taller than most of the buildings around and they just got on the roof of it and from what i understand there wasn't that much room left on that roof right right i did hear about that i also heard there were you know how many i'm on one shelter there they had uh, early rescues had been ta- had taken place, and a lot of people were moved from their homes to a shelter there in Plum Grove, and then the shelter started taking on water. So we had to rescue you know, a big effort uh, put together by re- uh, response agencies from Cleveland, Plum Grove, all around that area to rescue the people from the shelter that they were in after they left their homes. So you never knew, you didn't know what to expect in this one, and it continued on for days. It was amazing. We're and we're just now getting to the point where the water's down enough to evaluate damage in the southern part of the county. And uh, it, it was pretty amazing how, again, I, I can't say it enough, how many, about how much the people came together and they just did it. And now once we started getting resources in here, things became a little easier. And uh, But still, I mean, even, even uh, several days after the event, we're still feeding and, and uh, working with folks that are staying in shelters because they can't get in their homes. They're staying in a shelter, going to work, or going back and working on their house in the daytime and coming back, and, which brings me to a point about FEMA, if we could talk about that a little bit, if that's okay. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask you real quick, uh, a lot of the folks up in the Cleveland area uh, aren't all that familiar with the situation along Highway 90 and, and but between Dayton and, and Liberty. What was it like on the main thoroughfare there? Were people able to get through, or was it just completely uh, a river there, too? There was a time that it looked like the whole river bottom road between Dayton and and Liberty on Highway 90 was going to have to be closed, Uh, and I've never seen that. Most people around here have only seen it once in the 94 flood, but I personally never had seen that with my own eyes. But they were able to, they were one, one side of the road, I guess that's the westbound lanes are lower than the eastbound lanes. I think I'm thinking correctly, when they were built. So when, that wet, when the one lower lane flooded, they just took the higher road and made that two-lane road a, a, a contraflow, one way on one side and one way on the other. So it actually worked out. It was, it was open. There was times you had to go through water on, on that elevated section as well, but it did remain open for the most part, during the entire event, which surprised me, looking at how much water was coming through there. Yeah, somebody else from the area told me the way they explained it was uh, after the 94 flood, the one side, you could drive barely drive on it, but you could drive on it, and, but the other one was underwater. So when they rebuilt that half of the freeway, they rebuilt the lower side. They built it up higher than which was previously dry from the 94 flood. And this time, it covered what was dry in the 94 flood, and the, the new part was able to be dri- driven on. Barely. I understand that there was water standing in a number of places on it. There was. You couldn't get from Houston. You couldn't get from the south end of the county on 90. You couldn't get to Houston. You couldn't get to Beaumont. You couldn't go south, and you couldn't go north. So you were, 
you were literally stuck in Liberty County. If you were if you were here when it started raining, you were stuck here. If you were trying to get here, you weren't coming for days, and several that, days. And, and that brings us to what you were talking about, FEMA, uh, and everybody bringing stuff in here. Right. We, you know, it's a little different. It's interesting because as bad as the flood was, it was just that. It was a flood, and and the winds didn't bother us as much, so we didn't lose a lot of trees. We never lost power in the majority of the county. There were there's sections of the county that still don't have power, but generally speaking, we did not have a massive power outage. So the, once the water went down and people could get around the county, the stores were able to restock and open. The restaurants were able to restock and open. The biggest issue has been fuel. Fuel has been spotty, and that's I'm not real sure how what the purpose or problem with that is. I thought early on it, it was definitely the fact they couldn't get to us. Right. But now they can get to us, and we're still seeing outages in certain areas. But I think a lot of that has to do with the amount of first response agencies that came through. Uh, it took a lot of fuel to fuel those guys up as well. There were thousands of military vehicles that came through the community, thousands of uh, John and Joes and Jolines from all over the world with boats and anything you could possibly want uh, coming down here and, and helping. And all those vehicles took fuel, so I'm, I'm just I'm hoping it was just as press on the the amount of fuel we had being overtaxed by the amount of people that came in. And real quick, let me get this in there. We're speaking with Tom Branch. He's a manager and coordinator of Liberty County Emergency Management and Homeland Security. Sorry, I got to remind folks who we're talking to. As you're saying, uh, they did have a, a lot of equipment that took a lot of fuel. And, oh yeah, but now it's starting to come in. You think, eh? Right, we're starting to see uh, just about. If you're, you may go to one station right now and find they don't have any fuel, but you can usually find another one. I haven't had any issues. I've been in Cleveland and and down, you know, to the south end of the county, and I can find fuel somewhere along the way. So I think it's coming coming back in now and be back on target there. Uh, and I think a lot of again, I think a lot of it was just you only have so much fuel in the tanks, and all these uh, the fuel was used locally. When everybody started fueling up before it arrived, then when the water shut off the community, they couldn't get here to fill the tanks. And then when they did fill the tanks, mm-hmm. all the folks with response was were here, and which they're took the ones more got, fuel. Yeah. So it was. It's just. Uh, but it, it actually, again, it's not like a hurricane that we normally see, where everything's knocked out. Now I'm sure not complaining. Believe me, I'm. <laughs> but uh, we didn't lose all our power and things. So right now, the community is in as a whole, and shortly after the floods probably within four days after the water started to recede, we saw businesses coming back online. So when it comes to supplies, what we're looking at, we're taking care of people in the shelter, and we take care of those folks that are away from their homes and need water or need those kind of supplies. The general public, and this is kind of the message I've pushed out all along, is that if if you were not a victim, for lack of a better term, of the flood. If your home didn't flood and you have the financial means and you have power and you have all those things that you need to survive, please go to the store and get your supplies and let's leave the supplies that we had there uh, that we still need a few of. Uh, let's leave those for the folks that couldn't get to the, you know, can't get to the store, don't have the financial means or lost their car in the flood, couldn't get there. And and that thing, and a lot of people are doing that and that's helping us greatly because we don't need to, to hog those supplies and, and take them away from people that, that really need them. So that's kind of working itself out. And uh, those restaurants are back open, so those folks lost some 
business, let's get in there and give them, if you can afford it, if you've got the financial means, and let's go in and have lunch somewhere and have dinner. Absolutely. Take care of our, take care of our economy. And as you said, it was weird because, the, well, you we've all been through hurricanes and they're all different now, but you expect the electricity to be off everywhere. Sure. But the middle of Cleveland had electricity. HEB, they had people, and this happened at Walmart too, they had people that were stranded there, uh, workers. Right. And management actually said, well, you know, we can let a couple of people in at the time, the same number of people in to buy stuff that, you know, we have uh, personnel to keep an eye because, you know, you don't looting or right. all that. But these stores opened up and would let five or ten people in at a time until their shelves were completely bare. And this is the day after all the heavy flood. They still had electricity. They couldn't yeah. go home. So, you know, they helped. It worked out perfect, and I think everybody, uh, I, I really don't know how to describe what I've seen so far in this event, the, just the generosity of the, of the average person in town and the, the, the flexibility people have to make things happen, like, well, this, we can't do this, but we can do this, and uh, those things, were, I mean, it's just a great thing to see. If we're going to be the victim of uh, this kind of event, at least it's nice that we can all come together and make, make it through. And this next question, we didn't get to visit much before the show because his time, he's being very generous with his time uh, being on the program today. But uh, we didn't get to talk about this, but this is a, something on the other side. There was things that didn't happen in a storm uh, that we normally expect. But one of the things that people are starting to notice now that's really not that normal in the hurricane is washed out roads and such because of the high volume of water rushing to get from one place to the other in an area where it's normally not got water at all much less a bunch of it have we seen much of that on the roads and have you got any reports of roads outage due to the concern of maybe uh undercut or some something we did have uh we had several areas around the county along 105 where that water was rushing over it washed out a lot of the uh of the edge of the roadway the shoulder type portion of the roadway up on the north end north of cleveland on the trinity river at, at romare where the bridge uh, 787 highway 787 runs between cleveland and up to romare and rye in that area right uh, they've got it closed down to one lane because of some structural problems underneath there they've Ooh. got the 2090 bridge there on uh, on uh, just outside of Plum Grove was closed because it washed all the all of the asphalt off of that, so they've got to inspect that one. And then outside of right outside of Cleveland, between 50, Highway 59 and 69, whatever they call it these days, and the new bypass, the section out there washed out. So that's common all over the county. Uh, Commissioner of Precinct Two, Commissioner uh, Greg Arthur has a road that completely washed out of a riverfront subdivision. You can't access it. They're trying to build a road in there now. Even the the county portion of the right-of-way is gone, so they're all just oh. washed into the river. And so we see that from time to time along the Trinity, but not to the scope that we're seeing right now. There's a lot of road and bridge damage that we don't normally see as a result of the, of the water. Now, I've seen uh, uh, and got reports of a number of businesses that had uh, asphalt, driveways and uh they said that the water took the path of least resistance and it would cut into the asphalt and uh, one guy sent sent me some pictures 
the uh, it cut into his asphalt and pulled it up and it it was kind of like a plow had gone there and spread it out to each side and it was at least four feet deep uh, and it started out on top of asphalt and it, of course obviously it ended up in the dirt but uh, well it's certainly fascinating I mean as far as you know water's water is pretty amazing anyway so when it's running at a force like that it's pretty incredible the damage that it can cause there but you heard these stories just like I have. There are people everywhere saying, I've lived here 50 years, I've lived here 60 years, I've lived here 40 years, and I've never seen water. I've never had water even close to my house, and I had water in my house. So it was a historical event, that's for sure. And we learned from every one of them. We learned everything from, it's always, as much of, of an event like this as a lot of similarities to other floods, there's always something new that you just scratch your head and go, wow, I can't even believe that happened. Yeah. And I think that's, I had scratched my head a lot in this one. And we're speaking to Liberty County Emergency Management and Homeland Security Coordinator and Manager Tom Branch. Uh, yeah, I, you hesitate, I hesitate to bring this one up because I hadn't asked you, but have we had any confirmed fatalities in Liberty County? You know, I haven't had any fatalities reported to me as a result of drowning or anything like that, but we did lose a county commissioner employee, Precinct 2, uh, there in the tar- that was in the Tarkington area as an employee. He was uh, he had a heart attack out working on one of the roads that had been mm-hmm. damaged and passed away. And we lost a. I'd heard from the medical folks that a lady early on, an, an, uh, my understanding, an elderly lady had a heart attack, and they were able to get her to a hospital. But she probably would have uh, needed. She probably needed to be moved to a larger facility, but they couldn't get her to a larger facility. They did everything they could, but she uh, passed away as well. So. I can't say that that those particular things are related, but in my opinion, yeah, they you know they had had uh, had they not been out there as a result of the flood, maybe these things wouldn't have happened. So it's possible that they could be listed as fatalities, but none that I know of directly related to driving in high water or water in their homes that I've been told of as as of today. Well, that's at least that's something and it how is. many areas do you think we still have underwater that we're going to be going to any house-to-house searches for? We've got a small area in the Moss, Moss Bluff vicinity down, which is far south into the county. Just That's the last place the river recedes, and uh, it's going down there down now, but we've, we've still got some homes back in there we just need to double-check. But we've had, we've had so many response agencies in here. They went, I've never seen so many boats in, in my life as we saw around here. And they uh, they did a good job of going through all these houses during the course of the, the event itself, during the course of the high water, and getting people out of there and making sure they're safe. Some people chose to stay, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, some folks do that. Yeah, you don't want to say anything negative or or positive about it. Some people just right. decide to do right. that, and sure, not they're our gonna, place to jerk them out of there if we, you know. But they can't do, expect uh, to be saved either. That's it. You know, that's what we tell folks. We had that. We did at one. You know, you try and call an evacuation is very difficult. Now, example, had that hurricane when it was going into where it ended up going in, I guess, around Rockport in that area down south of us. Right. Had that storm been pointed in our direction, had we been taking a direct hit from the impact of that category mm-hmm. of hurricane, we would have evacuated early. We would have said, guys, it's time to go. And uh, now, how many people would go? You never know. But we would have. That's the kind of instructions you do when a hurricane of Category 3 category or, or, or something like that is coming at you. So you do that, 
But in this event, we didn't have that. We had a tro- basically we were having a tropical storm effects rule. What we were going to have, we had a tropical storm warning. You don't evacuate for tropical storm warnings. Uh, you do uh, monitor the conditions, and what it turned into was a flood. This, we, we have had. This is our fifth. This is hard to even put in your in your in your thought process, but this is our fifth presidential disaster declaration. That's as high as you can go. This this is our fifth one in twenty seven months. Oh, that is just amazing. Five in twenty seven months. There are people that haven't had five in their entire careers <laughs> to manage, and we've we've managed five of those and and gone through. The citizens have gone through five of those events. And in actuality, as you and I have talked before on this show. We've had more floods than that. Those were just the ones we were given presidential disaster declarations and granted federal aid for. Absolutely. And uh, if you don't mind, sometime in the near future, we will talk about what people need to do to, uh, if they haven't got their FEMA information out, uh, or, or what all they need to do to recoup what they can. We do need to wrap up the program, and I know you need to go. So uh, we've been speaking Tom Branch. He's the Liberty County Emergency Management and Homeland Security Coordinator and Manager. Tom, I appreciate you taking the time and being on the program today, and thanks for updating us all on the situation in Cleveland, Dayton, Liberty, Liberty County. Thank you very much for having me. Well, that wraps up our public affairs for your information program for today. Thanks for tuning in to Cox Radio. Picker, key up your flat top and take us on home. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.